We are going to have a great show for you today, folks. It's MLK's day. And you know what? I do have a commentary. But before I get started, I want to tell Tori Mercer, who is handling the boards, I want to tell him, hello, welcome to Politics on Right. And as usual, thank you so kindly for being here as well. We have our manager extraordinaire in the studio, of course, that's Sandy. Sandy, thank you so kindly for being here, my brother Sandy as well. The, uh, what we call the manager extraordinaire. Anyhow, we're going to have a great show for you today. It is, it is, it is uh, Martin Luther King's day. Martin Luther King day. Where did I put get that plural from? You know, uh, I, I want to start out this morning with um, having been on the You Talk this morning uh, with uh, Steve Hunter. Great show. Don't forget to tune in at 8 a.m. five days a week to listen to Steve Hunter. We had a great show today and, you know, he was discussing uh, about MLK and he wanted to have my perspective as being a black dude, not from America, but from somewhere else. And he wanted me to kind of ask or he asked me, what was the feeling in the parts of the world where I'm from with respect to MLK? Did we uh, kind of revere him the way he is by some sectors in America. And I try to explain to him, I think Martin Luther King had a better uh, rapport, likely outside of the United States, because at the time that he was fighting for civil rights in the United States, uh, it wasn't always with uh, listening ears that people wanted to follow him or believe in the things that he believed in the nonviolent struggle and he got it from both sides you know um they uh, you know there there are some who wanted a violent struggle and there were others who were uh, thinking that no struggle was needed at all but he hit the nail on the head as far as a nonviolent type of change and i think America owes him a gratitude for that. So I think it's important for us to look and take that into account. Anyhow, the title of the show today is an MLK commentary, which I'll start with, and billionaires are the manifestation of a failed economic system. I think we need to check that out and be cognizant of the part, these particular issues. Anyhow... Uh, let me go ahead and start this way. And by the way, folks, remember, this is a, this a call-in show. Give us a call at 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Please give us a call irrespective of your thoughts, irrespective of your belief of the holiday or whatever. This is an open forum where we want to hear everybody's voices. That's the only way it works if we hear everybody's voices. Anyway, this morning I was a guest on Steve Hunter, KPFT's 90.1 FM's You Talk program. The program centralized on MLK today. It encouraged listeners to call no matter what their message was. One of my initial commentaries was after, uh, after the country, or rather, the commentary was that the country owed a huge debt. To Martin Luther King's stance on forcing nonviolent change. That was not beneficial solely to black folks, but to the entire nation, the entire country. 
It saved us from a cycle of violence as all those who were legislative second-class citizens ultimately would have rebelled. So I don't know if folks understand that this MLK holiday is really and truly an American holiday. And one of the callers, a listener called to reinforce that the MLK holiday was a black holiday and contrasted it to Thanksgiving and Columbus Day. Later in the program, I pointed out that this man's commentary was necessary. After all, his thought process is that of many who generally remain silent for fear others would judge them. The only way to change people's past indoctrination is for them to articulate their indoctrination so we can convincingly correct the record. Silence is the enemy. Fear of expression is the enemy. Talking and teaching critical thinking is a must. Ultimately, that is how we change both minds and hearts. And I'm going to stop there with the the essay and try to have a conversation with the audience. And I hope that some of you would not just sit back, but give us a call in, irrespective of your beliefs, irrespective of your thoughts. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. And hit the number two. And we'll get you on air right away. But I'd like to get folks in before I go to the other subject to talk about the MLK issue. Your thoughts on on the holiday, your thoughts on where we are with respect to, um, to the society as a whole. I would love to hear your voice on this issue before I move on to the billionaires. You know, I love talking about the billionaires and all that good stuff, right? But I want to get us into a position of calling. So no fear, no judgments. Give me a call. 713-526-5738. I'm going to bring Tori in here for one second before I move on. Tori, your thoughts on the holiday? Well, I mean, you know, Martin Luther King is, you know, one of our greatest uh, citizens. So, you know, it's uh, everybody should have this day off. Uh, everybody should uh, commemorate, commemorate Martin Luther King Day the same way at least same way we commemorate Thanksgiving and Fourth of July. I mean, it's a real meaningful national holiday. Yeah, you know, I, I and and you know, I I kind of been stressing this for the last few years, right? Because you know, from the from the time a friend of my wife said something to her like, "Oh, it's a black holiday," and I'm like, "No, it's an American holiday. It really is an American." And I I I want folks to understand that absent what occurred in those times. That there is that this country could have really fallen into a sort of chaos that 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 many haven't seen. We had a lot of factions that were ready to pounce, and unfortunately, not enough people realize what was occurring. So, folks, give us a call at 713-526-5738. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your opinions. Because you know what? Until we start talking about all these issues. And I mean, really talk and not fear that somebody is not going to understand what you're saying or somebody is going to judge you. This is politics done right. And that is not how we run here. That is not, you know, we are here to have full expression. So I hope, I hope a lot of you will call in like now. 713-526-5738. 
5738. I think there's a person called Dag in green. Go ahead, Dag. Oh, it's actually Stag, S-T-A-G. Oh, Stag. How you doing, Stag? I'm doing just fine. Great. Talk to me. Well, I, I you know, I, I just turned my radio on, mm-hmm. and I realized, I mean, I, I caught the back, the, the end of the cover, uh, the conversation. It, I, I didn't know. I thought it was a topic already um, on on. I thought it was already in topic, and I and I just I, I was like, okay, I want to I want to say something. Let me listen in first to see what is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I, I just like I said, I just turned my radio on, so I do apologize. Oh I no, not at all, not at all, not at all. Let me uh, let me tell you uh, some of the premise that I that I'm coming from, and I want other people to call into seven one three five two six five seven three eight. Hit option two. My premise is that um, you know I was t- I was telling Steve earlier today that when we talk about the this holiday. Uh, one of my wife's friends said, oh, yeah, that's a black holiday. And I was trying to tell her, I mean, t- tell them that, turn on your radio if you don't mind, my dear friend. Uh, like to I, s- I, did, I just turned it off. Great. Uh, I'd like to folks to realize <laughs> that this holiday is actually not uh, a black holiday. It's an American holiday. And it's so important for us to get others that are listening in, others that are hearing what we're saying, to understand why we have to stop looking at these holidays in that fashion. It's an American holiday. Absent MLK, things would have been a lot different in the country because there are a lot of factions ready to pounce then, not using the nonviolent methods, but other methods. But go ahead, Stag. Yeah, I agree. I agree that yeah, it should be um a holiday for all. You know, um it was that was his whole purpose, you know, was to try and um bring uh um togetherness right. in, in the in the nation. And um and I think that it you know, we, we, we still have some things we still have some things to work on. You know, we're we're faced with a lot a lot of different um agenda mm-hmm. out here in the communities now. It's not just what we were suffering with in the 60s and the 50s. You know, it's something way different than what, so, I mean, just dealing with the Martin Luther thing, if we're trying to come back to that, um, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely um, think that we should come together and look at it as one unity, you know, right. to unify as one. So, um, and, as far as I think, I, I really do. I, I do. I think that we should. It's more to it, though. Now it's more complex now because yes. we're up against. We have a whole nother community of people that we didn't have that was being recognized back then in the 50s, 60s, and the 70s. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a, a asshole. They see, and now we have to unify that. So we're unifying with, with um, same sex, right? Marriages and you know the agenda with that. We we, we have more. We have to work. We have more. You know what? You know what is interesting, Stack? I'm glad that you said that. And David, I'm coming to you next. But I'm glad that you said that. You know, all these communities that we're talking about having to recognize, right? They have always been there. The problem is most communities that were non-standard, most communities that weren't the majority were had to remain quiet, right? Uh, All's happening in America today is America is becoming uh, who it said it has always been, right? That is what's happening now. America is becoming who it said it was for a long time. But these communities have always been there, you know, from the, from the same-sex, well, we can have same-sex marriage now, but same-sex relationships have always been there. Uh, 
yeah. uh, all these True. folks, they, all, they yeah, all of this has always been in America. Just there are some people who had to keep everything silent. They were not free to be who they were. Now we, now what people like to talk about identities and all of that. These identities aren't new, right? But we are finally becoming a place where freedom really rings for everybody. That's all. Right, right. Uh, can I make one more statement? Absolutely, before, sir. Absolutely. Uh, I move on. So now I honestly believe that with the with the same sex thing and the gay rights movement, uh-huh. from from the time that they actually started their movement, which I don't know when it actually started, mm-hmm. but it has moved a lot faster than the people of color. Yes. They've been more effective yes. than the people of color. Yes. Why is that so? And wow. I'll leave it there. Not Stag, I, I tell you what, I you hold on to that question, right? And I'm going to let you go. But I love that question, and it is a very important question, and we're going to talk about that as well, okay? Thank you. S- you stay listening, brother. All right, David, come on in. David? Good morning, Egberto. I should have said good afternoon. No, nah, you're right. It's good afternoon. How you doing, my brother? I'm hanging in there, and... Hey, as far as whether Martin Luther King was an American, right? So, like it or not, if we, if I don't see any problems with having a, a day to celebrate his birthday, and I know uh, Rourke when he started out his show this morning, he played that that excellent song by by Stevie Wonder, right. "Happy Birthday to You." Right. You know, when I first heard that song, I wasn't sure what that song was about. Then I listened to the words and I said, oh, man, that song's about Brother Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, the reason I wanted to talk to you about the, uh, I might have mentioned this to you before. I don't know if I did, but there's a guy named Robert P. Jones. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, no, I haven't. He's got an organization called the Public Religion Research Institute. Okay. And this guy is really, a, he's really a sharp guy. He he was, at one time, he was raised in in, uh, in the South, and he's a, pretty much a product of the South, except he's changed over the years in respect to his opinions about racism and and the the uh, the attitudes in this country that, per, that uh promote racism and there's a book that he wrote and I had an opportunity to read it it's called White Too Long mm-hmm. and he's he based a title on something that James Baldwin said mm-hmm. and I think he's the Baldwin statement was that he said something to the effect that America's problem is that it has been white too long mm-hmm. and that's what <clears throat> what uh, Robert P. Jones uh, uh, based his title on, and in his in his book, he his his organization, they do surveys, uh, phone surveys mm-hmm. to try to gauge the opinions of certain groups of people. But when they call people, what they do is they they design their questions in order to avoid eliciting. Uh, preconditioned responses right, from people right. because because they want to try to elicit a response that's going to get people to uh, to be to, honest. It probes sh- them. That's right, it as honest them, and, yeah. and, and candid as possible. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he discovered in his, in the research that he did was the majority the majority of churches in this country are are ostensibly white 
supremacist. Mm-hmm. They they espouse of of attitude that that exalts whiteness or European uh, stock, and mm-hmm. and it is so. It is even the churches in the north, the Catholic and the Methodist, all these mainline churches. Now you can you you might expect something like that from the Southern Baptist Church and some of these Southern churches. Southern white churches, but you might say to yourself, "Well, well, if you go up north, man, these people are I, these people are." David, let me let me butt in here a second because this you're you're about to make an important statement. I love the South. Okay, I'm from yeah. Panama. I moved to the South, and I love the South. I don't have a problem with the South, and, and I'm going to be even. What I what I also like about the South is a genuine nature of the South. You know, what I mean, it, it, it's funny. I don't remember the kind of bus riots that you had in Massachusetts in Texas. All right. I don't remember the kind of bus riots that you had uh, or, or in certain parts of New York, that the, the, yeah. the racial uh, riots that you had in some parts of New York. Some of that I don't remember seeing in the South. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that we are all people and we all have uh, the same prejudices, whether North and South. The difference between the North and the South is prejudice was legislated in the South while it wasn't legislated up in the North. So, I mean, I don't play the game as far as Northerners have some superior uh, way of being to Southerners at all. I don't play that game at all. Now, the other thing that I that I am strongly in, in not belief in, know of, is that our economic system depends on us keeping racial strife among people. And race is a stupid thing, right? It doesn't really exist. I mean, well, yeah, you may be pale skin and I may be black as a whatever, but, you know, uh, f- functionally speaking, you know, I mean, that, that's about it. It's a pigmentation thing. And people, you know, you know, for me, it's, for me, it's such an insidious thing, but I, I, I feel like I have to address it because I live in a racialized society. But that said, uh, it is important. It is important for us to, you know, you know when it when it comes to a day like MLK, one of the reasons I like to talk about it is that I want folks to understand that this is not that that we we rise and fall together. And let me tell you the worst part about this that people don't get, and it's the few on the top that's using us as pawns against each other. And I'm going to go into that in the second part of the program that I have here to discuss from my essay here. But I wish. You know, one of the reasons I do this kind of shows and I do the, 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 the stuff I do on the internet, etc., is because I am trying to tell folks right now we're being puppeteered by a few. And they, our economic system cannot, listen to me closely, our economic system cannot survive without all the isms, racisms as one of them. The economic system falls on its face without those Another, another later on, I'll kind of explain that. But you know, people don't get it. It's all by design, and it, and it's from the inception of our country. You know. But anyhow, anything else, David? You want to add? Yeah, I just I started re- reading a book recently that I've had for quite a while, and I, actually I started reading it earlier, but but I I put it off and I put it off, but I, I really got into it now. I want to go through it and finish it. Mm-hmm. It's called Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Oh, okay. Uh, some and, days, and one of the things that really, that really kind of scares me, should mm-hmm, I say, mm-hmm. is when I read the because the author I'm, he must have had an opportunity to read at least part, if not all, of Hitler's writings, mm-hmm. Mein Kampf. Right. And one of the things Hitler uses in in his writings, he calls he refers to democracy nonsense. Yeah. Right. And and obviously. 
The guy was totally disposed to against democracy. He was he wanted to rule the world. Right. And when I listen to our current crop of of what I call Hitler fellating Republicans, mm-hmm. I can't help but notice the, the similarities between them and Mr. Hitler. And you know, so let me tell and you. They might say, let me tell you something yeah. else, David. And uh, don't only put it on, let's say, brother, brother Trump and his and his cabal. We have a lot of, and, and this is where I try to tell folks we have to see the entire picture. You know, these guys can only go as far as the people who are puppeteering them, and that is what we have to look at. I don't look at Trump. I yeah, I give Trump a hard time, and I give all these right wingers a hard time. I give the neoliberals a hard time, but we have to look at where all of we have to look at the genesis of all of that, where those things begin, because it's all the invisible few that's doing this stuff. And that's who we have to get at, the invisible few. But anyhow, thank you, Brother David, for calling and always having something insightful to, to have us think about, all right? Yeah. Well, Hitler celebrated our, our American Confederacy. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, You're right about well, that. Be... You're right about that, sir. Okay. Thank you so kindly, David. Well, you thank keep... you for letting me put my two cents in. Well, you, this is y'all's show. You know that. Anyway, folks, thank you, David. Give me a call, 713-526-5738. Before I continue, 713-526-5738. Hit the number two. We'd love to hear from you. 713-526-5738. Stag called earlier and he, he left an open question with regards to how comes the gay movement is so much more effective than the, uh, let's say, the... Um, the, the, let's say the, the, the POC movement. I'm going to call it the POC movement because it's not only black only, but we have other, of, other um, people of color that go through consequences. And that is, that is because, again, the gay movement is not a movement that can be racialized, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the gay, gay movement encompasses all classes, all races. I know that within the gay movement, there are factions as well. They're the same, the same prejudices that exist inside of America proper exist within the gay community proper as well. So they move, but as America can advance, well, the gay movement can advance as not a monolithic system, but as a combined system made up of all kinds of people. Now, when you're talking about looking for Asian rights or looking for black rights or looking for all, the, these are all discrete, right? And I think that is what people have to understand. These are all discrete, discrete issues. So something that, something that we need to, uh, talk, to talk about, something we need to discuss. Anyhow, 713, uh, 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738. Uh, the phones are empty, and we are ready to take your calls. We are ready to take your calls. So give us a call, 713-526-5738. All right, the second, since I don't have anything else on MLK, let's go ahead and start the program with what we have specific to talk about, and that is the title of the show, an MLK commentary, and billionaires are the manifestation of a failed economic system. All right, the port, that portion goes as follows. As I did my daily per, uh, peruse of common dreams, I found a substantive article uh, titled "Every Billionaire Is a Policy Fail." Every, every billionaire is a policy failure, says Oxam, as global elite gather in Davos that 
everyone should read. Anyone who listens to my program, Politics Done Right, knows the disregard I have for billionaires because no one can put the amount of work and intellect into anything, into anything to make that amount of money. It is an aberration in our economic system that allows the few with capital to monopolize on the intellect, work, and service of many. And guess who agrees? Awesome. But for now, let's go ahead and get John onto the call, and then I'll continue with the billionaire commentary. How you doing, John? Talk to me. Very good. Talk to me. Uh, Well, Martin Luther King and how South America, for example, see his legacy. Yes. Uh, I I really think that his work and his idea has not been published a lot or enough in South America, not even by the left. Uh, I mean... We actually, Martin Luther King has not been, uh, yes, we don't know his work. And it's so important because he is like, uh, he was fighting one thing. Oh, I think we lost you for a all second. All men are created. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're all back. All men are created equal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, that part is so great that he was defending a bitch chunk of the population that has not been created or treated equal. Mm-hmm. So it, it is not a, a really a black people uh, success of these ideas to become actual, uh, you know, actual in day-by-day life. It's, it's the actual realization of the American Constitution. So it, I think it's great. Uh, but on the other side, I think, I, I don't know why these ideas are in South America for uh, mostly left uh, parties because it is it's exactly what most of the people is fighting for. True. Equality or, or the same treatment. Uh, I just want to say that the, some people is not really looking for equality. I mean, not some other black people is not that they don't want to be treated the same. They want to continue being treated different or they want to build or to stand as a separate culture. And that's not the ideas of Martin Luther King. I mean, Stucky Carmichael and the Black Panthers, those, those were different ideas. And, and it's very important when I see movements like Black Lives Matter, things, those are not the Martin Luther King ideas. And I would like to make the difference in, in these two different movements. Um, I let, let me let me qualify that a little bit because um, I I don't think it is fair uh, to say that Stokely Carmichael with the Black Panthers or even our current instantiation of Black Lives Matter are looking for something else. I think the propaganda on those issues were to make these guys look like simple separatists or that they wanted either you know one of those things. I, I think I think the part is missing that. If you are in a society that discards you, right? If you're in a society that discards you, um, what you have to do is the only way that you're going to assert your humanity is with those who consider you human, right? And I, I, and I honestly think, you know, I mean, I, I think when you, when you say that a Stokely Carmichael or when you say that a BLM somehow are trying to be, uh, you know, separate or whatever, you discount what caused that movement in the first place. 
And that's what I think people have to be, be careful of. In other words, BLM didn't come into fold because you had a whole bunch of black people who wanted to be separate. BLM came into existence because the people who looked like them were being slaughtered by the police, were being slaughtered by society. And I think... Uh, yes, uh, but, Go yeah, ahead. yeah, but that was exactly the same situation that motivated Martin Luther King. Right. Idea, movement. It's, the problem was the same, yes. but the solution proposed by Martin Luther King was very different. Okay, let me the stop solution. you there because you're so right. You're so right. And that is something, I don't know if you listened to what I said on You Talk today, what I said, America. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just arrived. Okay, no, yeah. let, me, let me tell you what, what I said because this is important, right? I said that why MLK Day should be a revered national holiday that everybody separates is that Martin Luther King chose nonviolence as the solution uh, to work on the solution for the catastrophic evil that people of color had to go through in this country. He, above and beyond that, he chose nonviolence. Now, let me stop you right there, though. Every time America needed to solve a problem in its past, America had resorted to violence, okay? When it came to the indigenous people in America, we chose violence. When it came to getting, uh, getting its rights in Panama, we chose violence. When it came to Granada, we chose violence. Every single thing that we wanted that we didn't get by choice, America chose violence. So why should MLK be revered? He chose the opposite. And that is what too many people don't see. Well, I I see it and I I admire Martin Luther King because of that. And I really think that he is one of the symbols of what the American Constitution and the American society means. And that's why I think his ideas should be much more promoted everywhere. And I'm... Yes, uh, like, like, for example, Gandhi or Mandela. They, mm-hmm. they chose non, non-violence. And, and the problem is there, but the way, the, the way you decide to solve the problem matters a lot. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, however, because remember what I said, the reason why we should revere the guys that he chose non-violence. Would, would the Black Panthers have been wrong to reciprocate what was done to them? Well, I think so. It's, it's like, oh, I mean. No, no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, violence was used upon them, okay? Not that they yeah. deserved violence to be used upon them. Violence was unilaterally used against them. Do they have the right to fight back? Yes or no? Well, uh, I mean, in, like in the very basic instance, yes, you are supposed to be allowed to defend exactly. yourself. Self-defense principle. But, that's, but that's what made that's Martin not, Luther King special, it, because Martin Luther it King... Doesn't, it yes. doesn't drive in the direction of the solution. It drives in the direction of increasing the problem. Okay. So that's why these big people in the, the story of humanity, that they, they have reacted anti-intuitive. Mm-hmm. They, they received violence, and they came back with peace. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's what makes them great. Ex- and, and uh, I know, I know, I agree. And that's the reason why the premise that I spoke with Steve Hunter earlier today, brother, was America 
all of America. Not, it's not a black holiday. This is an American holiday from a person who saved this country from the kind of bloodshed that otherwise could have occurred. Yes, uh, just to finish, I will put him in the same tribune with the founding fathers. Well, I don't. I, I think I, I think that's founding a, fathers, why. No, no, I, I admire founding fathers. Every person ha, is, is in the dimension of their times. And these people, you know, step over their times. To, that those were times with the slavery. But they were so willing to say that all men are created equal. So Can I push back on a bit? In, in a Let me push back a bit. That, Paradism, they went over the paradigm to create a possible future. Let me so put that, a, that's what I see. Uh-huh. May I put I need to put a pushback on that. And and by the way, I respect I respect your opinion, first of all, I want to say that, okay? But secondly, the, the okay. pushback that I want to apply to that, sir, is as follows. Uh, I revere the founding fathers for having created a constitutional uh, a constitutional republic that could be governed by laws to some extent. But we also must remember that Egberto Willis, as a black man, yes, I know I'm Latino and Caribbean, but as a black man, I have to recognize that that initial constitution, I was compromised. I was within the compromise that said I was three-fifths of a person. You can't ask me to revere the folks who made me three-fifths of a person and just feel like the person who tried to make me a hum- more, more humane within the country, a Martin Luther King, you can't ask me to revere the, 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 the founding fathers at the same scale that I revere Martin Luther King. You can't. Because, again, Martin well, Luther King... I, I don't know. I mean... Let me finish. Who, who, let, me, let me finish. You choose who to revere more, but just put it in the same... No, not at all. Not at all. You look at your, you look at the one you like more, but without the first, without the founding father, we will not have a country. No, well, without uh, the founding, wait, without the founding, you see, and that is where I try to get people to understand this, right? America is just one country of many. And I love America. That's why I'm here in America. But we have to stop patting ourselves on the back. We have to stop doing that. If, I, if you want to have a great healthcare system, go live in Scandinavia. I mean, there are a lot of things that I'm saying. We are a great country, but other countries are great as well. The founding fathers created a country that was great for capitalism. It was great for capitalism. It was great for 5% of the people at the time it was created. Remember, that's the only people who ran this country and had the voting possibility when the Constitution was signed. I mean... It's one of the reasons I want people, you know, they don't like teaching critical thoughts and critical history in America. One of the reasons I want all Americans to learn everything there is about America is to love this country for its flaws and its greatness, because that's the only way we can move forward, because the rest of the world knows our flaws. But we are, we yeah, as a, yeah, but, but, but I'm not saying, Alberto, that, that they were perfect, although that even their system, the system they created was perfect. Right. But it was great based on what the status quo was at that time. Okay. And remember, they, they invented what is called the, the li, li, I mean, liberal democracy. They created the republic, the model that L- many yes, other you're right. has followed. You're right. So but that, that's their merit. You I are right. They are perfect. But, that's sir, their merit. but, sir, there's something else you have to recognize, right? How much don't you not know? How much, how, and that's what I'm saying, and, and that's, what I, that's what I try, I, I, I don't try to demean or degrade any country, right? Because what you have to learn is our educational system here 
is completely tells us one particular story. There are a lot of real stories to tell and to learn and to hear. We don't want our kids to learn all these other stories because it creates critical thinking. It creates a critical thought process that sometimes forces you to ask questions. I am not denying absolutely anything that you've said, but I'm saying there's simply more to that story. Now, when it comes to the founding fathers, did they do a great thing? Yes, but so did many other founding fathers of other countries. Mandela is the new founding father of South Africa. Is he uh, uh, right? So what I'm saying is I don't revere. Look, I revere Martin Luther King because he prevented bloodshed. Okay, he gave people humanity. Not he didn't give them humanity. He 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 made sure others acknowledge the humanity of others. My founding fathers in America did not acknowledge my humanity. So don't ask me. Don't ask no, me to revere just, them. But uh, Egberto, yes. I just want to remind you. I started this saying. I don't think that Martin Luther King is being revered in the United States as much as the founding father in general. But I'm saying that it should be, that he should be in the same level. Absolutely. In general. Absolutely. I know that maybe for you, 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 you maybe you don't want the founding fathers to be revered that much, and you prefer Martin Luther King to be in a big, even higher level. Mm-hmm. But at least, I, I ask, I'm asking to put Martin Luther King in the same level. John, I agree. With. John, I agree. John, okay. we're we're on the same page. I get to what you're saying. You you know you're you're absolutely right. I, I just I just I just needed to make some statements for people to understand because I mean if 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 I told the the same reason why the the many people came to America, the, the, remember the, the original people that came to America, they weren't uh, Americans. They left an institution that they felt demeaned them and this and took away their humanity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not talking about the capitalist portion. I'm talking about the people who left for other reasons. Okay, so yeah, and 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 so they had a country and they decided that that you know you know and and they did one more amenable to them. Anyway, anything else, John? Before we go, and thank you. By the way, thank you for the really healthy conversation. I think we need to have these conversations without judgment, right? Where people can really explore their minds and see things, not for how it's been indoctrinated into their minds, but how, you know, give you a chance to expand on it. But look, anything else, my brother? Not today, but thank you for your show. It's doing great. Thank you. Thank you, brother John. All right, let's go to Johnny. And before Johnny, hold on a second. Let me uh, tell... Hello, Deborah Moyers on the internet. Hello also to Eric Hayes and Poisy Woley. Welcome. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Palsy Woley, thank you for being here on the show as well. Johnny, come on in, my brother. Palsy Woley, that sounds like the name of a poet. Maybe you should <laughs> encourage him to write. <laughs> Talk to me, sir. <laughs> Listen, I agree with one, one thing that you said, mm-hmm. and that uh, to simply that other people in other countries know more about us mm-hmm. than we realize about ourselves. Exactly. And, and you and I both know that's on purpose. Yes. And I will push back a little bit of what you said. You said the Founding Fathers started a great thing or founded a great thing referring to this country. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would clarify to say that the Founding Fathers founded a great place for themselves. They wanted to control their own racket. Johnny, that is true. I, but let me, let me tell you why I say the way I say it. And this is important to, to say it, right? Um, right now, we have a population of 330 million people that have been taught a certain thing in history, right? 
I all one of the ways that I try to make some approaches, and sometimes I fail, but the approach that I try to make is that let folks come to the conclusion. I think when when John said that uh, the founding fathers are just as good as, let's say, Martin Luther King or whatever, and I could say like. If, if no, you, no, no, no. He didn't say that. He says the founding fathers are giving more airtime and more credence yes, here. than Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, I would add. Right. But he's saying, I think John was saying that he wanted Martin Luther King to be given the same level of, you know, the same level of respect. respect. And then I said, however, myself, remember, uh, it, for me as a black Latino Caribbean dude, the founding fathers... Uh, compromised on my humanity while Martin Luther King was trying to enforce my humanity. You see what I'm saying? Who would you more revere? If uh, uh, let's, let's talk about you. Who would you more revere? Think about, look at it through my eyes. And that's what I always tell people. If we want to understand each other, try to look at things through that other person's eyes. Oh, boy. Uh, you put me on a the spot there. Yes, I did. To think. I would think that if I was... You know, a black man in this country? Yes. Growing up in the 60s and 70s? Right. I would align myself with both right. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and here's why. Mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid, I realized pretty early on that Malcolm X actually was pro-peace and yes. standing up for yourself if needed. Yes. He actually articulated both. And, and and the airtime that Malcolm Luther King got was that he was only pro-peace. Exactly. They never gave us an inkling that he talked to his people about being ready to stand up for themselves. Oh, that my. was never emphasized. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Johnny, you know, when I... Uh, by the way, are you white? Well, it, that's a construct, but I guess I'm the white. Re- the reason I'm saying that is, did you grow up with that construct? Oh, unfortunately, I did. No, don't say unfortunately. No, 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 no. I don't want any white person saying that. Absolutely not. I don't want anybody saying that because you and I believe the same things, okay? I don't want anybody saying that. Well, I am ashamed that my family voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Wait, I have family who voted for Donald Trump, too. We don't need to go there. Oh, damn, we're in trouble. But here's what I'm saying, brother. I thought it was bad enough. My family was Igmo. Brother, brother, let me tell you something. Okay, my brother. The reason I ask you this, the reason I ask you this, right, is because when I talk about looking through other people's eyes, the, the, the learning that people got in school did not allow them to see what you just said. And that is what Malcolm X preached wasn't I'm going to kill folks for the sake of killing folks or hurt folks. or He was for defending, right? In other words, mm-hmm. you, treat, you, you take away my humanity, I take away your humanity. Like the black and, 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 and isn't that what the Bible, the Old Testament used to say, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and you can go back. Yeah, and then the crazy white people, they take that and they exaggerate but, it for their own benefit. But the interesting thing about it is... They don't think black people have, have the right to defend themselves. Right, MLK... The black people show up with guns, all of a sudden gun, gun ownership is illegal. Remember right. Ronald Reagan? Yes, Ronald Reagan in California. Now, the interesting thing about it is... Uh, the, the one thing, and I, when I just came to the United States, I joined the South African Liberation Action Committee and many other stuff at UT. UT, as, as you all know, is a predominant white school. So most of these organizations were predominantly white organizations, even the South African Liberation Action Committee, etc. And I remember going also joining the Afro-American Culture Committee, which that one was predominantly black, if not all black, as I recall. And then we were sitting down listening to... Uh, Martin Luther King on one of his speeches, and it was one of the speeches about uh, s- s- 
peace. And remember, I just came from Panama, where we have riots and all that kind of stuff, and you know, we're fighting. Government. And our country has a history of screwing with R- the Panamanians, exactly, just like every other country in that part of the world, right? Even in Africa, right? So I come to the states, and I'm sitting down. We are all sitting down in a big circle, listening to MLK, and I somebody asked something, and I said. Well, you know, I like MLK. I think it's a good thing. But, you know, I kind of like some of the stances of Malcolm X because I believe you ought to defend yourself. And I always thought that if somebody thought they had the right to give you freedom, they also feel they have the right to take your freedom take away. away. All right. Like so, George Carlin once said. I love George Carlin. That's one of my... He said, I, rights and pri- he says, we don't have no rights. We have privileges, uh, temporary privileges. Brother, if they can take your rights away if, yes. you're, in a, if, you're, a, if you're an Asian uh, American, like yes, in 1942. Right. right. They can take your rights away. George, right this way. George Carlin is a, is a social visionary. People need to listen to a lot of what George Carlin has said. I, I buy his books, I listen to his stuff, all of that. But anyhow, so uh, when I, I, I told them that, the reaction to me was, get the hell out of here. Uh, you are an import. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who, who said that to who? That's what they told me when I told them that I, you know, when I said, I said, I was diplomatic. I said, look, I understand what my, my, you know, Martin Luther King was doing, but I kind of also like the idea of defending yourself. In other words, I'm not going to have somebody uh, hold me down and not do something. I'm not going to have somebody sick dogs at me and not react. Okay. Yes. And that is what Martin Luther King was, was doing. And I, and it worked. And like I said, that is why America should owe such a big, for Martin Luther King to be able to convince so many people to fight for their liberation in an, in a peaceful manner, even as peace wasn't applied upon them. That's and historic. That that Not even our founding fathers did that. Our founding fathers said, we want our liberty. Now Patrick Henry and everybody is going to go in the street and we're going to warn how, how to blow the holy you-know-what out of the English. So again, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is all these other factions within America for everything we have ever wanted, we have used violence to attain. And here comes Martin Luther King for a people that have been under the thumb, oppressed, whipped, and everything else. He said, turn the other cheek. He said, none violence. Dogs are after you. None violence. Clubs on your head. None violence. Hoses on thing, you. None but the violence. That, but the thing that frustrates me about this is that neither Martin Luther King nor Malcolm X were solely the message that they were given by the white structure in the media. Mm-hmm. They actually embraced both, but uh, Mar- uh, but uh, Malcolm X was given the uh, the idea that he was only about violence right. or potential violence, while MLK was given the uh, was given the idea by people right. that he was only about peace. Right. And then what did they do? Then they turn around and they kill the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. They do this all the time. Well, again, let all me let, let me just back up and say this. This this important. I like this conversation because I think even though folks, give us a call seven one three five two six five seven three eight. By the way, one two. other thing too. Yeah. When I was when this, when he was killed, I was like eight years old, going on nine, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking back to that time. And 
the one thing, one of the things that gives me hope is that at that time, a few years earlier, when he got stabbed, mm-hmm. that 14-year-old high school girl from White Plains, New York, right. as you may or may not be aware, White Plains, New York, at least back then, mm-hmm. was upper income, and I'm guessing it's still upper income now. Right. So for a girl going to an, in a living in a uh, upper income county in in uh, Long Island, going to White Plains High School, writing a letter to Martin Luther King back in the day that she was happy that he didn't sneeze. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking if there, there's one, if there's her, there's got to be more. She and I can't be the only ones. No, 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 no. You know, let me tell you what I preach all the time. People are, most people are good people. You know what is the biggest problem we have? The, hu- the biggest problem we have is peer pressure. And I prove that all of the times. The biggest problem pressure. we have. Uh, it starts with the parents. Yeah, but, but here. They tell their kids, don't play with that black kid. But, brother, let me tell you other. It, it's adults as well. The peer pressure that adults themselves have with these types of issues is astounding. And you know what? It's just about breaking that. But most people, you talk to people on an individual basis. You find out most people are the same. Most people are good. Most people have indoctrinative uh, values within themselves that when presented the truth, they normally get, I mean, the, the carnal part of it, you know, the muscle memory part remains. But when you give the practical explanation, that's why I wrote my book, it's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relative, friends, and neighbors. Because those are the things that I realize, brother. Most people share the same values. Even even your right-wing brother or your right-wing sister. No, my family. Even my your right- extended okay, family. My brother and I were the only ones that voted for Bernie. And let me tell you, even your right-wing family, right? You get them and sit- I, Look, I don't care who your right wing for. I can sit down and have a chat with your right wing family, and I you bet, could, I couldn't, you know, <laughs> without a problem, brother. I'm I lose you, my, I lose my temper. That I don't, I don't. I, I mean, it's it, look like I tell you, if you if you start hitting the numbers, right, you start hitting those numbers and realize they they start to realize, damn, me too. Me too. But it's that peer pressure, man. And that peer pressure was designed by the corporatocracy. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, uh, folks, go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter because I'm having more. I think we're getting more out of this conversation on MLK Day than what I'm going to talk about. Billionaires. Yes. Do you remember earlier this morning when I referenced Jay Leno? Yes. And I made a comment about uh, the corporate industrial media in general. Yes. That's the other problem. That is yes. the biggest piece of the puzzle right here. Oh, yeah. Because between redneck parents and corporate media and teachers in school who have their own agenda, even in Catholic uh, grade school like what I went to, mm-hmm. we had some nuns that now, in retrospect, I realized they were probably hardcore Republicans. Yeah. Not just disciplinarians. You know what? But so these it... things conspire yes. to... Tamp down the ready, the readiness, the willingness, the natural humanity of kids to play with one another, Brother, regardless. Yes, listen. It's look. It's on autopilot, right? And if you have an airplane that's being run on autopilot, right? Remember, the, the founding fathers created the country, created a certain structure. It, it, it's on autopilot. And as as we we try to make changes to the software, the autopilot software. And as we're making changes to the autopilot software every now and then, we institute a bug in there. But then we go, we clean the bug out, we make it better. That is what, that is how you have to look at America. Well, preferably you do that when the, when the airplane's not in on the ground and not in mid-flight. Well, no, the problem is that we're in mid-flight and we have to do this. You know, well, but I, we're going to crash. No, no, we don't have to. You know, it's funny because when, <laughs> I work for, when I work for NASA, right, there's this guy who, when we were writing software, he would look and say, Egberto, 
Remember, there's no control alt delete in the on the shuttle. That's how you restart a computer on a, a PC in the in, on the on the ground. You said, remember, there's not a control alt delete. So we when we write software, we have to make sure that it, you can actually reboot this software on the fly without coming down and yeah. crash. You know, and that Measure is that twice. is America, right? That's America. Measure twice, cut once. Right, that's America. We have to. We are flying oh, this I wish plane. That was America. No, no, no. L- listen, I'm positive. I believe in America. We are flying this plane, right? And we're making these changes to prevent. Here's the deal. We cannot, we have to change these modif- we have to make these modifications to this software while the plane is flying. We don't have a choice. That's how I look at it. We have to because if we stop making those modifications, the plane crashes. That's how about this? About. How about we have pilots on board and let them fly the plane while we tamper with the uh, software offline? <laughs> yes, that's because, a good. That's good. Because uh, I'm not a cat. I don't have nine <laughs> lives. I want to get from point A to point B in one Johnny, piece. I don't want to wind up on the ground like happened right. to those poor people the other day. Brother, thank you very much for calling. It was. I mean, I think you allowed me to say a whole lot of stuff that I needed to say. So thank you so so kindly for okay. the call, my brother. Stay safe and keep your eyes and ears open. Why? All right. Because those morons who showed up January 6th up two years ago now, some of them are still running around. They think they're right. They've got guns and they still got the power to vote. Yes, they do. Thank you, Johnny. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Folks, I still have uh, time for a call or two. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit the number two if you want to come on air right away. Hey, uh... Tori, is there anything you want to quickly add? I know this; these are subjects that, that you like as well, and I'm not going to do my billionaire story. Well, I'm glad you asked, Egberto. You know, I take the macro historical view, and I like to look at, you know, what's different and what's changed and what's uh, the same. And as far as the founding fathers and Martin Luther King, uh, you know, the founding fathers were coming out of a medieval manorial system, you know, in Europe. And so uh, they were changing it a little bit, but the essential economic structure was the same. It was a type of socialism for the rich, where the peasants are there primarily, solely, to support the upper class. And so they didn't change that, you know, and so they had to substitute people that were peasants that were legally tied to the land in Europe during the medieval period, they substituted with a, a, a legal slavery, you know, where people were, again, tied to a particular plantation. So the class structure, there's a lot of continuity between uh, the early U.S. and the medieval manor system. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to throw that in there. And so Martin Luther King comes into play uh, where things are similar in the sense that the founding fathers devolved the ruling class from a hereditary monarchy to the business class. Martin Luther King comes along and wants to devolve that power base down further to a much broader cast of people, you know, that had traditionally, you know, America's peasants. Yeah. It it is amazing because also, and you know, my daughter, when she saw me write in the program today, she came into the office and she said, Hey dad, 
Did you know that Martin Luther King uh, spoke out against the current capitalist structure? And I said, yeah, I heard that, but I never did a lot of reading on it. So just before I prepared for the show, I went ahead and did a whole lot of reading on, on that. And I really didn't realize that there was friction between Andrew Young and Martin Luther King. In fact, there's an argument that they had, and Martin Luther King says, Martin Luther King was scared about what was going to happen in New Jersey. These guys were about to revolt. Uh, you know, they were tired of the, the you know, of the, the economic system not uh, being there for them, and, and, uh, and, and Martin was concerned, and, and Luther King says, I'm tired of the system, I'm tired of the system, and Andrew Young says, remember, Martin, it's only a part of the system, and that's one of the reasons, apparently, he didn't want to be a part of the poor man's campaign, that being uh, Andrew Young. And uh, Martin Luther King stopped him and said, I don't want to hear any of this crap from you right now, Andy Young. I know you're a capitalist, but let me tell you, how has this served the people thus far? And I, I read that this morning and I was like, how comes I had never run upon this before? And nobody ever talks about this when the writings are right there for all to see. You know, it's, it's, it's right there for all to see. Anyhow, folks, I have for one call, 713-526-573. Oh, I probably don't. 713-526-5738. Option with us. Anyway, um, you know, Tori, it, it's, it's a great day. Uh, like I said, I think everybody needs to celebrate today as Americans, as an American holiday. This, this man, this great man who lived till only 39 years old. Think about that. How much was accomplished at, at that ripe young age of 39 when he was assassinated? And to think probably uh, how much more could have been done if we didn't have to go through the turmoil of said assassination. Uh, I mean, uh, you just many times ask a whole lot of what ifs. What if Jeff, JFK had lived? What if uh, RFK had, I mean, uh, what, yeah, Robert had made it. You, you ask yourself all these questions. Well, for me, it's all about voting rights. And, you know, for everybody, not just black people, but all kinds of folks yep. uh, need to be able to vote if we're going to have a democracy. And, you know, we're moving away from this medieval plutocratic system and the forces at bay, you know, from the Koch brothers and all the Federalist uh, Society institutions and Cato folks. You know, they're ma the main thing that they don't want is for black people to vote, because if black people start voting, things really start to change in this country. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I think we have to come to the realization that it's about the vote. I agree with you 100%. But anyhow, we are coming up on time. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. Thank you all for listening. Give me your commenter. Please read the rest of the essay at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. And drop me a line, info at politicsdoneright.com. Do you agree with the statements we make? Do you disagree with the statements? It doesn't matter. This is your show. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know.
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.